Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me, as always... It's Gator, guys. And today, we're going to be smoking two cigars. Darn right we are. So we've got two cigars tonight, folks. We've got a couple of cigars from Drew Estates. I have uh, two cigars for both Jeff and I. We're going to be smoking the Liga Undercrown. Um, Specifically, they are the... uh, Corona Paquitas? Little guys. They are little guys. So they are each 4x44, and they are they're cute little cigars, you know. But we have we have the Connecticut Shade, and then we have the Maduro. Yes. Now, are you going to smoke both Maduras, and I'm going to smoke both Connecticut's? No, we're going to smoke one of each. Oh, so we're going to mix and match. That way, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean... Kind of makes sense. That wouldn't made any sense at all to smoke the same cigar twice. No. I was wondering why you were doing that. I'm, I'm not doing that. Oh, okay. Anyway. So, well, we're going to start with the... I barely uh, got my wires crossed. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to start with the Connecticut one. So, we're this is, again, the Liga Undercrown Connecticut Shade um, Corona Poquita. And the wrapper on this is uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade. And the binder is Sumatra with a Dominican Republic Corojo Nicaraguan Carrillo filler. Hmm. And as I said, it's just a little 4x44, which is why we're going to be smoking the two of them. Let me get mine out of the cellophane. Jeff, this is a small cigar. It should take you next to nothing to get that out of the cellophane. And yet, he just continues. Okay, I got it. Oh, my God. All right. Well, it was in there. All right, then. For a little guy, it was packed tight. It was <laughs> it's not the size of the pencil. It's how you write your name. <laughs> anyway, it is now time to go ahead and cut the cigar. And the uh, the cut is brought to you by Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. Dan Ponder over there at Riverman. Um, he's still keeping on with, with what he's been doing. He's... He's making mail order available for folks that live outside the area. He's doing curbside, and he's doing uh, in-store pickup, you know, and he's, he's adhering to all the safety regulations that he has to in order to, to still provide cigars to people in the area and around the country. So if you uh, either live here and need a place to pick up your cigars, give Dan a call. Or if you live in an area where maybe your brick and mortar has shut down or you don't even have a brick and mortar and you're used to calling up the, uh, the uh, big guys on the internet and placing orders with them, here's an opportunity for you to uh, support a br- local brick and mortar shop that, that is desperately in need of your business. And he's right here in the St. Louis area and could not be a nicer guy. Yeah. So And, he, and he's got something for every budget. $3 all the way up to that $100 uh, Saka Unicorn cigar that he's got. So he's got he's got plenty of cigars. He can help you out. All you got to do is just reach out to Dan over at Riverman Cigar Company, and they'll get you all hooked up and, and get cigars heading your way. So with that, it is now time we go ahead and cut the cigar. <laughs> I'm going to be using my perfect cut from none other than the Riverman Cigar Company. I have my V cutter because I I don't know what happened to my straight cutter. Oh no. Yeah, I'm gonna have to that that's a project for later on to try and track that down. Oh I don't so, have it. 
I I know you don't have it. Okay, I did not take no, that. It, last time I've I, taken all your lighters, but I did not take that. Yes, no, it, it, I'm not blaming you for this one. This one, that's oh, a first. I need to figure. <laughs> <laughs> this one, the situation does not involve you. Come on, you little bastard! I've told you not to call me that. I'm trying to. You want the perfect cut? There you go. There you go. No, my link was stuck. All right. Well, cold draw time. What are you getting there? If I tell you, you're going to make fun of me. No, I may not, actually, because I'm getting something. What are you getting? It's almost like a licorice taste. Oh, you and I are way off then. Well, what are you getting? Like cornflake cereal. You're high. God, you know, you're not getting licorice off of this Connecticut shade. I am. I, it's more of a red licorice than a black, but yeah, I'm getting a licorice. Like the, I'm getting the taste of how licorice smells. I don't know. Well, why don't... Wait. The cold retro. Uh, I was hoping we could just go ahead and light. I haven't cleared my sinuses pre-show just for this. I don't get anything on that. I, I, I okay, I'm going to admit something. What's that? I don't get anything on it either. Ha ha! Yeah, that's a that's not normal for me. But yeah, I'm getting nothing on the cold retro. But I'm tasting like a like a red when you open a bag of red licorice. Yeah, that's what I'm tasting on the cigar on the cold uh, draw. You're getting a little out there with your tasting notes there. Hey, you know I call them as a smell them oh, and taste them. All right. Them. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and light this guy. Okay. This is uh my god. It's a teeny tiny little cigar here. Look at this lighter I found. I mean. Oh, look. Is that my lighter that I left here, like, the last time? No, this is actually your lighter that you left on my hitch haul on my Jeep, and it made it all the way home, riding dirty on the back of my Jeep after we went shooting yesterday. And I found it when I got home. Oh, my gosh. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. That's awesome. <laughs> so you have two of my lighters, Yes, I then. do. I'm, like I said, I'm collecting all your lighters. Oh, my gosh. Hold well, them for ransom. But I do right, not then. have your cutter. Well, no, I, do, I know you don't have the cutter. I don't know where the cutter's at, but the last time I saw it, it was in my house last night. So I know you don't have my cutter. Ooh. That's a good retro hail. <coughs> Maybe not for Nick. Oh, I just I like retroed it. way too much smoke. That was the problem there. It was good, though. Oh, my God. What'd you taste on that? Um, Really nothing, because, like I said, it was just a lot of smoke. So I need to, like properly do it i kind of accidentally just retrohaled <laughs> there is what just happened oh man that 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 is a mild cigar. that was an unintentional retrohale that went poorly yeah that is a mild cigar i like that boy that would be a nice breakfast smoke it is mild i don't know really know what i get on the flavor though it is pretty mild though yeah i just did another retro but it kind of took my breath away okay it's uh it's a little peppery on the retro mm-hmm mm-hmm but yeah, it's very, well, very mild no, okay. on the smoke. Let's go back to what the bind or the filler the bi is. I, the Bible says? What the filler is. Okay. There's Corojo in there. Yeah. That's a bit of a spicy tobacco. Okay. And Nicaraguan Criojo. Nicaraguan tobacco, I think, can be kind of spicy. Okay. I think. So it would make sense that there would be a little bit of spice in there based upon the uh, the filler. I'm tasting a little bit of pepper now just on the smoke, but it is a very, very mild cigar. Yeah, it's um, 
you know, it, the the Connecticut gives it some creaminess. Yep. Which is what I prefer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creaminess with little hints of, like, spice and pepper. And the pepper... Very, I, very mild. Very mild, like, on the smoke. The spice and the pepper, I get more on the, uh, on the retro. Hmm. So, hmm. as I referenced earlier, uh, Nick and I did a little shooting yesterday. We kept our social distance. We did. We did. My daughter, Addie, went with me as well. And that little kid is a good shot. She's all over the place on that four-wheeler. Oh, yeah. She's she's digging that four-wheeler. That yeah. is, she is she is big girl on that thing, man. She's proud of herself when she's driving it around. Well, that's good. Yeah. We, uh, we did a little farm experience yesterday to just get away from the house for a minute. Yeah. And I'm sure it's illegal, and I'm, quite frankly, I don't care. I drove down to my own property. I invited my friend Nicholas to go with me. And a few other friends, uh, you know, that I went to high school with. We all kept our distance. I would say we all were good. You but, know. Uh, you know, we got a little well, range we went, time in. We went shooting, and uh, Jeff, <laughs> you, bu- you brought some Tannerite along. Yeah. yeah, so let's talk about that yeah. for a minute. That was kind of the disappointment of the day. It really was. Because um, I wanted to put some craters in the ground, dude. Yeah, so did I. My friend Andy brought some, uh, you know, some, like, leftover steel plates. That he had because he does some metal work and different things, and we uh, we use those. Now I will tell you that I was shocked that a two twenty three round would penetrate. I believe it was a three sixteen inch steel. Yeah, and it oh, cut it just clear channels right through it, man. Yeah, like I butter. mean, like no hesitation. Yeah, um, I was shocked at that. By the way, because I really thought we would, you know, hear the ping and. You know, it might dent it, but I never never dreamed it would cut through it. And yeah. we weren't using any kind of armor piercing or, you know, any specialty rounds or anything. We were just shooting, you know, just jacketed two twenty three rounds. But it was a lot of fun. It we, was fun. We busted out. We we ran, oh, Andy probably ran 100 rounds through his AR. I ran. He ran a bunch. Yeah. yeah. He may have ran more he than that. He was smart because, see, he laid down the blanket in order to uh, collect up the shells. Yeah, we had to pick mine out of Yours the grass. Yours we had to, you yeah. know, go on an Easter egg hunt and yeah. pick up. Yeah. Because he reloads, so I, I hooked him up with all my brass. But, uh, yeah, his, uh, so his brother and Chris and I. you don't reload, but then what do you do with all the shells when you go out there? I'll give them to anybody that wants them. I, I do you vary. pick them up, though? Most of the time. I very seldom. Because that land, you farm that land, right? Yeah, but I very seldom go out and shoot that AR. Okay. That There may have been, we probably ran 120 rounds through that thing yesterday between you, uh, Addy, and myself. Yeah. And because uh, Chris, uh, Andy's brother Chris, um, and Chris's son were shooting uh, Andy's on the other, they were on the other side. We had like basically two little nests set up to shoot from. Yeah. And he, they were shooting out of that one, and we were shooting out of the well, other to keep, he, to keep our social distance. And Andy had the, uh, well, yeah, because it was Andy and his brother and his nephew. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, they, they're family and everything, but they. Yeah. Um, and we might as well have been family growing up. So. Yeah, but they, um, Andy had that um, tripod on his, so they were laying down and everything yeah. else. Yeah, and then we like, were bracing on the. We were uh, bracing either on the four-wheeler or, or, or just standing yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it was, uh, we put 120 rounds or so through the uh, through my AR. Andy ran at least that many, if not more, through his. And then we also shot probably 50 rounds through our, my dad's old 22, his his Winchester that yeah. we had out there. And then um, Andy also had his 9mm pistol, and we got, you know, got to fire that around a little bit. So we had a really good time. It was a lot of fun. It was a gorgeous day out, which that, yes, helped. It was. that helped a lot, too. 
you know, it was a really, really nice day out, and we were able to just kind of go and enjoy the day. Well, and I... Except for the Tannerite. Yeah. Let me say this before we get into the Tannerite. I want to thank Nick, because... I don't get a lot of pictures of myself with Addie, hmm. and it's mainly because I'm the one behind the camera. Yeah. You know, so I'm taking the pictures in most that. cases, or the video. Pictures of me with Max, you know, they're typically selfies. Yeah. There's yeah. probably lots of pictures of Laura and Max, or Max doing stuff by himself, Yeah, but, you know, you're not in the pictures. So Nick was kind enough to shoot some pictures yesterday of Addie and I as I was helping her sight in the AR, and I'll tell you what, that little twerp can shoot. She's yeah. a very good shot and very disciplined for her age, you know, to be out there with us. But um, when we first started shooting, I know Andy was uh, running a few rounds through his AR and Eddie came up and she goes, is it my turn yet? <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on, have some patience. Well, at that age, the patients are, you know, hard to come by. Very hard to come by. Yeah, but she had a, I think she had a really good time. So that was great. And, uh, you know, like I said, we got to get out of the house. We got to get out and enjoy a good day. Um, I think it helped everybody with their uh, little bit of stir-crazy we're dealing with right now with the whole COVID uh, goofy situation. I, I think so, and I think it's also good to get a little fresh air. Oh, absolutely, and some so. vitamin D from the sun, baby. Yeah. So, that being said, yeah, I bought... The Tannerite. It, but here's the thing. It wasn't the Tannerite that I've normally bought. Normally, the one I get is in a white container. Um, this came from Buckeyes in Sparta, Illinois. And nothing against Buckeyes, because I buy a lot of stuff at Buckeyes, and I really like it. But this was a different exploding target that came in an orange container. Sure shot. Was that what or it no, was? No, Sonic Boom. Sonic, Sonic Boom. Boom. Sonic That's Boom. what it was. Sonic Boom. And, you know, it's the same deal. You, you mix the two products together. You shake it up for 60, 90 seconds, whatever. And then you shoot it. We shot three of these targets. I bought a, a 10 box. Yeah, so we shot, what? Two one-pound canisters one and then one two-pound canister. Yeah. And... They didn't do shit. They... We shot them center mass, and they just fell over. Yep. They did nothing. It was... I, I'm taking it back. I'm going to go back and complain. I hope so. Yeah. It was how much did you spend on $60. that? $60. That's my point. That was yeah. a $60 dud. Yes. That was, and this it was... It was, and, was and, yeah, and, very disappointing. And Andy had never shot Tannerite before. Chris no, had never shot no, Tannerite before. They were before. all looking forward to it. And, and I it, had only shot Tannerite once yeah. and really wanted to well, shoot it again. Well, now, the Tannerite you shot with me before was a whole different experience. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this stuff's legal. Now, the stuff I, I the it. stuff I had there yesterday, I get why that's legal because it didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. So if you're a rep for that company, give me a call because I'd like to talk to you because yeah. it didn't work. Didn't work for crap. Yeah. And it's not my first time using it. It wasn't... It wasn't user error it was simply the fact that it didn't work yeah yeah i mean dude that two pound can that that bullet hole went straight through the center of it yeah it did and yeah. there's still unexploded material like well that's in the it. problem i have the container showing the hole yeah and, and it's not exploded no yeah so yeah i i can't put my seal of approval on that stuff no nope. no nope. it sucked so say no to sonic boom yeah Unless they can fix it, because something was wrong with that batch. Otherwise, sun's out, gun's out. Damn straight. <laughs> I still haven't fired a shot in anger, but at least I got to fire some shots. That's good. So That's good. Anyway, but yeah, it was a very, very good time. Yeah, it was a nice way to spend the day. It really was. So, Well, you want to get into some cigar news? By God, I think we do. I don't have much. Let's do it. But So, um, 
Eight cigar companies and two trade groups have filed a motion to indefinitely delay FDA substantial equivalence rules due to coronavirus. Yay. The uh, Cigar Rights of America and Premium Cigar Association, along with Alec Bradley, Arturo Fuente, Ashton Crown Heads, Holtz, Oliva Cigar Company, Padron, and Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, have asked the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia to delay the May 12, 2020 deadline for substantial equivalence until 90 days after the court rules on larger parts of their lawsuit. Now, the thing is, there's tons of lawsuits going around. And, you know, they're asking for this because they're arguing that this is needed because these companies cannot meet the May 12, 2020 deadline due to coronavirus. However, this could be kind of a moot situation because there is already that agreement that I think we touched on in Cigar News maybe a couple of weeks back um, that would delay it for 120 days into September. And the only thing that that's waiting on is approval from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit. Good deal. Yeah. That I would say let's postpone that forever because it's stupid. Well, I agree, but realistically, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, but it yeah. definitely should. But, but yeah, that's it for cigar news. So, what are you getting on your stick? Well, it is a very, very mild smoke. I actually really like it. Like I said, I think this would be a really good first cigar of the day. I agree. Um, it's got that creaminess from the Connecticut. It also has just that little hint of spice, little hint of pepper kind of thing going on. And uh, all in all, I mean, it, it's not a very complex cigar. I think I don't know how much complexity they can pack into a 4x44, you know, little guy like this. But, well, now, now but I mean, it's, but it, it's not bad, though. One of the things I've heard, though, is if you really want to taste a cigar the way that they intend for you to taste it, uh, those little Lanceros are the way to go because that has the proper proportions of filler, binder, you know, and, yeah, and well, wrapper. Well, that's partially true. I mean, it all depends on what the blender is blending towards. So, like, um, you know, Oscar, when Oscar blends his cigars, yeah, and I only know this because I asked him when we did that Instagram chat that time, he's blending to a 6 by 60 Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, and then and then he takes that and proportionately makes other sizes. Fair enough. So yeah. So I think it all depends on the blender. Mm-hmm. But no, I like this cigar. I'm gonna do a quick retro hail here midway. Okay. Lots of spice. I would anticipate that because I am picking up more spice just on the on the tongue. Yeah, and that it, that held like know. in the sinuses. Like I'm still. I'm still, as I breathe in and out, I'm still getting that spice from it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good little stick. Well, there you go. So, I mean, it's a tiny little the, guy. We're almost halfway through the I first cigar. I was going to say, it's the, it's the Drew Estate, uh, Liga Undercrown, Connecticut Shade, uh, Corona Paquita. 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 So, so you want to get into some uh, Ask the Boys? Ugh, I think it's a good time. I think you know, while while too. Nick is getting that pulled up here, we have a nice little fire going. We're out on the back deck. I've got the fire pit lit up, and my daughter Addie is over there uh, currently making s'mores. So it's you know been kind of fun to watch. Well, there you go. Yeah, she's got her marshmallow all caught on fire, and now she's got her s'more made, so she's going back in. Well, let's go ahead and get in to ask the boys. Let's do it. Our first question 
comes from a uh, regular listener, Kermudge Jim. And Jim actually gave us a number of questions. So I'm going to start with the first one here. Okay. He says, if you have an old dried up cigar, can you bring it back to life? He's asking for a friend. I have actually done that. So, all right. Well, why don't you give your method and then I will give the method that I looked up. Okay. Well, basically what I did. Now, I had to do this with some quorums that I bought recently. Mm-hmm. And when I got them, they were brittle. Yeah. So, I put them in the humidor. I put a 72 uh, Bovida pack in there. And it, I mean, they sucked that thing dry quickly. Um, and it was in with my other cigars in the humidor as well. It took about two weeks, and they came back to life on me. Now, I have had some that, like, I forgot or left somewhere, um, went back, and they'd, they'd almost, I don't want to say they powdered, but they had crumbled up, and there was no saving those. But, you know, if the if the cigar's still intact, yeah, you can rehumidify it. So what did you look up there? So I looked up, you know, A, K, and U, and B, what the method of doing so is, and so if a dry, in order first you have to make sure that you have the correct problem. And so a dry cigar is going to be overly firm. Um, there's not much give to it whatsoever when you squeeze it. And you have to be careful not to crack the wrapper. Yeah. Because, you know, the, if you're holding the cigar in your hand and you just very lightly hold it and just kind of roll it a little bit in, yeah. your, in your fingertips, if it sounds like crumpling fall leaves. Yeah then it's probably dry. Well, and that's what I ran into with those quorums is when I would when I would cut the end they were they were it the little shatters. Yeah, it was shattering. Yeah. And so, so that's how I knew. I mean, obviously the best way of determining, you know, if your cigar is too dry is to have it in a humidor with a hygrometer and everything. But if if let's say, you know, you don't maybe your your cigar smoking habit isn't to the point that you've invested in a humidor and a hygrometer and everything like that, then you can kind of tell with the physical nature of it. So absolutely. Once you do that, you're gonna want to try and, you know, obviously bring it back. But it's a very long, drawn out per uh, process. Okay, yeah. um, this is not. It, you know, it takes a while to rehydrate or rehumidify your cigars. You have to do it gradually. So what you want to do is, if you have them in a humidor, take them out and put them in a Ziploc bag. Oh, okay. And now or, that's different than what I did. You know, or you can use like a clean Tupperware container, but basically place them in with a uh, a humidifying source. Okay, obviously Bovida packs would be ideal. Maybe a clean, uh, a fresh sponge with distilled water. Yeah, you know something along those lines. Uh, the Bovida pack is going to give you that exact humidity yeah. kind of thing, and so it won't release too much. And it'll, it'll, you know, you can kind of... Probably a lot less chance of ending up with a moldy stick that way. Precisely. So, you know, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to... And and the reason I'm talking about Bovida packs is because you're going to want to gradually increase the the humidity in the Ziploc bag or the Tupperware, okay? So you're going to start with like a 62% pouch. And then you'll replace it with a 65% after about two or three weeks, depending upon how dry the cigars actually you are. You realize that's way too intense for me. Dude, uh, this is... This is the way to do it. This it's is not the how way do to do it. Yeah. Do as we want, say, not as I do. If you want to do it yeah. right. Yeah. So, you know, if, if it's if it's dry, really dry, like, I mean, if this stick is, like, really, really dry, yeah. you're going to... you're gonna these, these time estimates are just that. It's a time estimate. 
So the, the drier it is, the longer you have to expose it to each humidity level. Once you replace the 65 with a 69, go another two or three weeks. And probably once you kind of get it to the point where you've done it with the 69 for, for you know, a couple weeks. I enjoy doing it with the 69. <laughs> I was waiting. Um, you can. Uh, Are you telling me you don't? You can at that point you can you can stop because in a perfect world you know between anywhere between for me personally anywhere between maybe sixty five and seventy is is pretty good humidity. See, you go, if you go above seventy, then they start to get a little too humidified. Yeah, you're going to run into some and issues, and then you run into some problems there. Yep. Because the more humidified the cigar is, you know, it 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 uh, causes the burn. Um, it it's too wet really yeah. for the burn to burn right and everything and so it just it, it's and it i'll tell you funny. what one thing you got to watch too if you've let those sticks dry out and they've been exposed to you know a little too much heat not enough humidity you really do have to watch them to make sure you haven't had like cigar beetles or anything hatch out and, well, and that's a real concern i'm not high humidity that but also high temperature yeah. that's the other thing with with cigars you know, your temperature is really, really important, and yeah. you want to keep it at 70 degrees or, again, there's that sweet spot of, I'd say, between 65 and 70 degrees yeah. um, for your for your cigars. If you get, if you start getting your cigar, I mean, don't leave your cigars in the car, people. I mean, like, like if you're leaving them in the car for extended periods of time. Asking for trouble. You're, you're asking for, Un- Unless you know, you're using issues. a fire-cured tobacco. Well... Yeah, and even then, you know, I guess it kind of depends upon, I guess. I mean, because, like, you know. Because those Toscanos, well, I mean, they yeah, sit and that's, forever. And that's the thing. Toscanos, you can leave in the in the uh, glove box. But, you know, for example, like the, the Drew Estates, like, Swamp Thing and Fire Cured, Kentucky Fire Cured, I don't know if you can. I, I don't know. I've never left one out to be able to tell if that's one that. It may be an experiment we need to do and report back. Yeah. So anyway, but, but that's the thing is, um, make sure you're putting them in, put them in a bag, put them in a Tupperware, like a airtight Tupperware. And just, just, you're going to, it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time. It did not take me that long to bring those uh, quorums back to life. Well, and they may not have been as dry. They may have been dry, but maybe not like, bone yeah. dry they were not well and let's be honest i you know i'll i'll smoke a twig with leaves wrapped well, around it i mean i'm and realistically you know, i'm not that proud you're also the guy that leaves cigars out on the back deck overnight so that they soak in you I, know i have during the dew. The, the during rainstorms yeah. yeah so that's the thing just asking um, for trouble there yeah so so yes you can bring an old cigar you know a dried dried up cigar back to life it does just take a little time yep so there you go um his next question and his next question, quite frankly, I'm not going to have a great answer for. I'm going to have to think about it and probably get back to it next week. I plan to just pop off with whatever comes in my head. What inspirational or motivational quote do you embrace the most? Ooh. Ooh, that's good. I heard a lady on the radio one time say that a real problem is something that you can't fix with money. Okay. And that kind of stuck with me a little bit. That if you can, if, if it's a problem and you can just put money at it and it'll go away, you know, then yeah, it's a problem, but there's, but it's a first world problem. But there's means of fixing it. Yeah. But you know, like if you're, if you're facing like a really bad diagnosis, yeah. for example, yeah, you can throw a lot of money at it, but ultimately it may still not 
fix the problem. Yeah. You know, and or maybe you're in an unhappy relationship. Yeah. You know, you can't just throw money at that and fix the problem. I mean, so so I liked that quote. But in terms of like other like quotes that kind of or, or thoughts or inspirations that kind of push me along. I'm going to have to think about that a little bit. One of the ones I use in journalism a lot, and I hate to say it, I, I can't even attribute the quote right now that we're talking about it, but it's basically uh, uh, printing something someone doesn't want you to print as journalism. Everything else is public relations. <laughs> and I don't know who I can't attribute that quote right now, but uh, that's one of the ones that I kind of live by as far as, you know, my work in the newspapers. Mm-hmm. There you go. You well, know, I don't know. I'll I'll think about that. I'll yeah. get I'll get back to that next week. There you go. We'll circle back. On we'll that circle one. back. And then uh, finally, this last question, man, I've been waiting um, to ask you. Okay. Okay. This last question, Nick. We're just friends. He says. So I got to want. <laughs> he, he says, just "Let that go." I like he it. He says, "So I got to wonder in this morning." Okay. This social distancing thing yeah. about having to stay six feet apart from each other. Yes. Does that rule apply to midgets, or is two and a half feet enough? Holy God. (laughs) (laughs) Now, first of all, it's little people. I am not going to lie. I've been thinking about this since that question came in. and I How how the hell far do you have to stay away from Shaq? See, and therein lies the thing. It's like, is this all proportional to height? I mean, I'm sure it's not, but but like you know, but it's one of those things. If it becomes fascinating, is it height versus circumference? I don't know. Do you have to stay, I mean, I get what you're saying, is if somebody's really fat, do you have to stay further away from them? I do. Pot calling kettle fat right there. (laughs) But anyway, so no. Uh, That takes us right into the weight loss challenge. No, no, seriously. It's it's six feet away, and it's basically for the, (laughs) you know, the the area for a sneeze or exhalant, how would you say that? But they're little people. But they're still going to sneeze the same distance as us. They're just going to hit our knees. <laughs> but then, okay, th- that means with Shaq, can we get it's close? It's going to go right over our it's head. It's going to go over our head. So, that, I mean, we can go up and hug Shaq? I think, you could, I think you're okay within his like gravitational pull there at six feet. It's when you get out to the 10 and 12 where the spray is going to start dropping. So with Shaq, you do have to stay like... 15, 20 feet away. Or inside so of the window. So it could very well be based upon height in some degree. Well, if you consider, like if, if Shaq, say he was a planet with rings. Because that's the thing. Think about this. Because you could go in between the talking, rings and Shaq, but, but the, not out, not in the ring but area I get, itself. But I get what you're saying. And then if you go past the rings, then you're in outer space. There's no big deal. Yeah. So, so yeah, it could very well be based upon height at what, what you're saying then. Yeah. So then at that point, getting back to this. Yeah. Yes, with midgets, you have the small, little, little people. You have by the, the way, sm- little people. You have the small midgets is derogatory. You have that. It is not the preferred nomenclature. <laughs> you have the small little area, very very close to the little person. How the hell do we not get complaint letters? Then you have the the danger zone, the spray zone, if you will. <laughs> but that spray zone is going to be less due to the height, unless they sneeze up. Well, yeah, I mean, who sneezes up, though? I, I don't know any little people. I'm not talking about little people. I'm talking about just people in general. Who sneezes up? But if they did, it's it, the spray. Well, that it, would be a really douchey thing to do, to sneeze up. <laughs> I'm sure someone in the history of ever has sneezed up. Probably, but but 
I'm just saying. In in it, when most people actually, I would bet most people sneeze down because when you sneeze, you're you kind of have that reflex action where your head goes down. Okay, so the little people need to stay further away from us. Well, yeah, because we're sneezing down right on top of their heads. Yes, that's bad. But if they're staying six feet away from us because we're you know six feet tall, yeah. Does that mean they may need to reevaluate their distancing? That's what I'm saying. I think the CDC needs to reevaluate the distancing based upon height. I think if you qualify as a little person, I think you could probably, amongst each other, get a little closer. Or at the very least. So you're saying they can still wrestle. Is that what you're getting at? (laughs) Now, see, now we're talking. Um, Well, you know, the the WWE was classified as essential very recently, though. That's in Florida. In Florida. Yeah. Well, that's where the training center is. Oh. So that's where they're filming everything. How How is that essential? <laughs> Lots of political donations. Apparently. That, no, that truly was what it was. <laughs> yeah. But, that, but, okay, if this is really a pandemic, and this is really as scary as we say it is, again, wh- you know, I, I've seen these memes all over. Why is going to church illegal, but hoarding into the Walmart or a grocery store isn't? It's, none of this makes any sense. Whether whether you're <coughs> tall or short, ooh, Corona. I don't know. I I, I, I know. Please direct your correspondence to Nick at cigarpulpit.com. Hey, this is the question that was posed to us. We said that we would answer anything, <laughs> and by God, we've touched oh on it. So, so you, the know, you know is, what we need to do? We need to get Peter so I, Dinklage on. Yes, that's what we need to do. We need to reach out to Peter Dinklage's people. He'd punch us right in the crotch if he could, if he hears this. Yeah, Dude, he's gonna hate us so much. So yeah, so we love you, brother. So we I really guess the do. answer about whether or not that rule applies to little people or is two and a half feet enough. The way we just kind of talked it out, <laughs> and that's scientific. I think it could very well vary on height. Oh my god! So yeah, I I want to apologize to anyone that knows me that's hearing this. Anyway, so Wally D. Big Smoke. Oh, Wally D. Wally D. wants to know if we've ever, this is kind of an odd one, if we've ever smoked a Maduro aged, or Maduro cigar aged under a year and it tasted like popcorn. No. 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 Is that a thing? I think it's a sign of a stroke. Wally, you (laughs) might want to go to the doctor. I truly, I honestly have no idea. One of my favorite things in the world to do is fart and then ask Nick if he smells popcorn. Yes, you dick, because what it does is it makes me, like, take a giant, like, sniff in the air, like, do I smell popcorn? Oh, God. You know, it's like, yeah, it's the rudest thing you could ever do. Oh, it's gold. You'll just drop ass and just be like, you you smell popcorn? And I'm like, no, no. Oh, yeah, no. Happens. I've, I've actually done that. You've done that in the car. I've done that to That's him in the car. Highly unfortunate. Oh but. my god, it's so much fun. Ponzi thirty two ninety seven wants Our to know frequent uh, commenter. Yeah, he is. Wants to know what time of day do you have your first cigar and what strength is it? Okay, so during Corona, it's whenever I roll out of bed. Now, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. That's true. There are days at six thirty in the morning, and God only knows why that's happening to me. Um, there's other days it's. 10.30, and, you know, it I, just is what it is. I've been staying up very, very late, and in turn, getting up pretty late. Yeah, you and I both rolled out late this morning. Yeah. I think you you called me at 10.30, and we were both still kind of... Lounging. Trying to roll out of yeah. bed. Yeah. It was, I, um, no, I'm I, not proud of that. I've been staying up very late, and I've been getting up very late, so... I always start <sighs> off with a, with a Connecticut shade grown, and then work my way up through the day. 
I, I, yeah, I don't always start with a Connecticut, but if I'm going to have a Connecticut, I'm probably going to start with that Connecticut yeah. and then move up. It, I, de- I definitely don't start with a very heavy cigar and then work my way down because, I mean, that's just, that's goofy. I mean, you that's, know, you're, you're just, that's something they do in communist countries. You're blowing out your palate for no good reason at yeah. that point. Yeah, don't be a communist. But in terms of when when I have my first cigar of the day, ooh, hiccups are back. Oh, my. First cigar of the day, um, it really depends on the day. It depends on what I've got going on. Because, like, for example, all right, let's go back to pre-corona times, you know, those kind of schedules. A lot of times I would I don't get, even remember those I now. I was going to say. Yeah. I, I would so get up and have to take uh, take my son to preschool. And, you know, obviously... Uh, then I'd come home and um, shower off and get ready for the day and everything like that. Well, by the time I'm getting ready and getting packed up and whatever else, it's time to go pick him up and take him to daycare. So I do that, and then I go into the office and, you know, tootle around there for a little while. At that point, then I might think, okay, it's time for lunch, and there's a couple of places I know where I can go and have lunch and have a cigar. Yeah. So I might start my cigar smoking at lunchtime. It's fairly rare that I'm starting like in the breakfast time. Yeah. Um, I know my neighbor, I just, Matt I just don't get up that early to do that. My neighbor, Matt one day um, was, he had a conference call or something at the house and he was taking the dogs out, getting ready to go into work. And it was probably nine thirty or 10 and I'm out on the back deck and I've got my coffee and I've got a, you know, probably, I think it was a, uh, Oh, a brick house that I was smoking that day at Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And he, he walked over and he goes, how many cigars do you smoke a day? And I'm like, well, three. But I said, I'm starting early now with Corona. You know, just, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I come out, enjoy a cigar, enjoy the morning, uh, you know, sunshine, and go back in, get some stuff done, usually come back out after lunch and have You're another. You're also much more tolerant of the cold than I am. True, yeah. Like, um, you know, it's got to – I'm no, I'm not wanting to sit outside until it's – close to 60 yeah you know i mean if it's in the 50s i I'll, I'll pop the garage door and try and block the wind but but typically if for me to sit outside it's gonna have to be 60 and above yeah yeah you're you're tender so that also kind of well it also kind of limits my my outside morning time because until we get in like the summertime i'll say this in the summertime when it's already 70 something degrees in the morning when i wake up yeah yeah, I might go outside and sit and have a cigar in the morning or something like that. But but this time of year, when I'm waking up and it's in the like maybe, you know, upper 40s, climbing throughout the day to maybe hit like 55 for the high. Yeah, then nah, probably not sitting outside in the morning. Well, and I drive. You know, I, I've got an hour drive to uh, my first office. I've I've got four offices, and you know, I'll I'll make the rounds even during Corona. I make the rounds once a week and just check in on everything. But I am trying to social distance. You know, I'm I'm trying yeah. to do my part there, saving on gas too, by the way. But yeah. uh, you know, well, it doesn't I'll help hurt that gas is you know so cheaper now. Oh, much not well, not necessarily in Illinois because we're taxing the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I've seen places with gas under a dollar. Yeah, I know. You know, I bought it uh, last week in Benton, Illinois. It was a dollar fifty-four. Wow. Yeah, it's getting back to you know. I remember dollar or gas under a dollar back when I was you know graduating high school and stuff. You know, back in the late eighties. I so, you know I'll be honest with the gas taxes in Illinois. I don't know if we actually can mathematically get below a dollar. No, I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible yeah. for us to get that low. 
So yeah, and you know that's one of those things where you know I'll smoke more while I'm driving in the car, and it it kind of relaxes me. It gives me something to do when I'm driving. I tend to get bored when I drive. Yeah, because I'm I'm seeing the same scenery over and over on the path. You know, the path that I take to and from work. Yeah, and uh, so you know, smoking in the car now that's something. Nick has just started doing again in his new vehicle. Yeah, I kind of Corona you finally gave in. Corona kind of it, it forced me into the situation because I mean I found myself with the, where there were days where I probably wasn't going to be able to have time to actually sit down and have one until maybe as late as ten o'clock at night. Full disclosure, and I was the first person to smoke in Nick's car. Yeah, and I wasn't too pleased about that. <laughs> yeah, it was like two weeks. I mean, you asked me to move it. I had a cigar in my hand. What I was I to do? That, I'd only had that car for like four months, dude. <laughs> but anyway, so no, I have. You know, I've got the windows. Thank, thank I, God I didn't burn any holes. In I've it got the windows rolled down, and you know, I'll use like a. I don't know, like an empty McDonald's cup or with just like a little bit of tea or something in the bottom just to have something, you know, wet in there so that when the ashes hit, it puts it out. But, you know, I'll I'll use that and then as an ashtray and then wherever I get to, I throw the cup out. Yeah. Because that's the one thing. If, you, you know, you can smoke in the car and as long as you have proper wind flow and everything, you're not going to have much in the way of smell. Boy, you leave that cup full of ash uh-huh. and everything in your it'll car, permeate. it'll permeate forever, man. Yep. So you got to make sure you take that thing out and throw it away because well, and, and, and it'll, it'll ruin it. Another so. thing for me, smoking in the mornings, I may come out and I may smoke a third of a cigar, put it down and come back out and relight it. Nick's not big on I relighting hate a stick. relighting sticks. And the reason I hate relighting sticks is because when you, when you light a cigar, it starts to burn the tobacco. Well... The burn, the area of the of the spent tobacco, it's not just at the end of the cigar. It's burning into the body of the cigar, but the wrapper hasn't quite. It's it, it's slowly burning into the body of the cigar, and the wrapper and the and the the tip that that's you know burning down, yeah, is catching up to you know all that. And so what happens is when you put out the cigar like that, and then you relight it, you're relighting burnt tobacco you're not yeah. relighting fresh cigar at that point i'm not proud and i'm not gonna waste just a stick butchers the flavor of the thing because at that point what you're doing is you're just adding that burnt tobacco taste into the flavor profile of the stick and the stick just will not taste the same at that mm-hmm. point fair enough so and i hate it i i, I it doesn't bother me as it, much it bothers me a lot so i i tend to not relight sticks there you go but but yeah, but going back to the car thing though, I need to look into. There was a product. You and I were at the Hill one time, and we were talking with a guy who used to be like a police officer or something like that. Yes, and I remember he this. Was not allowed to smoke in his car, but what he did is he did smoke in his car, and he had these like car scent bombs or something like that that and he got apparently from, work from Walmart, and he was able to put one in, set it off. And it would do its thing, and he'd take it out, and when he would bring the car back, like, nobody ever could tell that he was smoking in the car. And he, I guess, right around the time he was getting ready to retire, he was riding with his supervisor, and he went to go light up a cigar, and the supervisor was like, hey, you can't smoke in the car. He goes, dude, I've been smoking in the car for years. And he goes, you have? And he goes, did you ever notice? He's like, no. And he goes, there you go. Yep. Yep. So I need to look into that mostly just not because like my car stinks but i want to keep it that way yeah you know well, um, my, my jeep is sitting at close to two hundred thousand miles 
and I'm not going to resell it. Well, so that's you know that's the well, big that, concern. There. That's what I kept saying about my Pathfinder is that it was one of those things where I was like, okay, once it rolls a hundred thousand miles, then I'll smoke in it. Crone obviously pushed that timetable up as it's done with a lot of things in life. But True. it's one of those things that I figure I I'm, I plan I keep it clean and you know I don't. It's not like I'm lighting up eight cigars a day in it or anything like yeah. that. I might have like one as I'm driving long distance somewhere. Like I had one when I was driving down to the farm to meet you yesterday, but yeah. I mean, that was an hour and 15 minute drive for me, yeah. you know? So now what did you start smoking? What was your first cigar of the day yesterday? Oh God. The first cigar of the day I had <laughs> was the, uh, Fernandez, right? Diaz de Gloria from AJ Fernandez. Yeah. And then, um, I got to the farm and that was done. So I was I I was gonna have another one. I was gonna light up another one, and I went in my my travel humidor, and I was looking, and I'm like, you know what? I've got another one of those. I'll just go ahead and light that one up, and I had that, and and he got high. Oh my god! I hadn't eaten anything for the day, and because I just I didn't know I got up really late yesterday, and I was running behind to get down there to shoot with you guys and everything, and so yeah, I got down there and. I had that second cigar, and I got all sorts of uh, high off of that. Just the the stomach aches and the wobbly head and everything. He had to sit and down for a while. I had to sit down for yeah. a while. Well, and you're like offering me the AK. You're just like, hey, you want to shoot? And I'm like, no, not right now. <laughs> not right now. And uh, but and I didn't have anything with me. I, I had some water. I mean, I keep a case of bottled water in the back end of my car. And so I was drinking that. But, eh, it's what it was. It passed, and it was no big deal. But. That's one of those things where it's like, you know, like I always say, have some sugar, but... In water. Know, in water. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I guess that's that question. And so, finally, we have a question from Broward Cigar Board. And Broward Cigar Board wants to know, what do you do with a cigar that's just not hitting the spot? And I assume... I And I don't... I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like... I'm assuming what he means by that is like flavor notes. Yeah. Um, not necessarily one that's like plugged up or anything like that. Because, you know, for me, if I get a cigar and it's really just plugged up and I just can't work with it, I'll just toss it. Yeah. You know? I, I'm cheap. And that sucks. Well, and I'll no, fight through it. Trust me. It sucks having yeah. to toss that cigar. But uh, honestly, man... I just don't have the patience for it, yeah. and and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pissed off the whole time I'm smoking it because I'm not getting the experience that I want from it. Yeah, and so I'm just I'm not gonna enjoy it. So it's kind of one of those things that I just say, fine, screw it. I'll just go ahead and you know just cut this loose, and hopefully it's not a very expensive cigar that I'm having to toss. Now I've actually got a couple of tools that I keep around, and they're not necessarily cigar tools per se. But, uh, you know, I'll kind of core out the end of the cigar a little bit to help fix the draw. Well, they make those draw pokers and everything yeah. like that. I've kind of fashioned I, my own. But I'll be I had one, and and Adam Stevens knows exactly what cigar I'm talking about, but I'm not going to name it because I don't, I don't, you know, it's one of those things that, look, every, you can, you can find one plugged up cigar in every single cigar line. Yeah, I mean it. It it, well, it happens. They're, they're handmade you know, products, and that's precisely yeah. it. So I'm not picking on it because I'm not saying it's a bad cigar, but it's one of those things that it, it happens. So I'm not. It is what it is. But anyway, I was at a shop one time, and I uh, I had a house blend cigar, and I got this thing lit, and it was. 
pretty good in the first like eh, third. Yeah, maybe not even a full third. And that locked up on you, dude. It just locked up on me. And at this point, I'm like, what do I do? And so I asked the shop owner. I'm like, do you guys have any like you know plug tools or something like that? And they did. So I I unplugged the or I I used the the little poker to unplug the try and unplug the cigar. And I had to relight the cigar. I mean, it was to the point that not only could I not draw on it, because I couldn't draw on it, it the cigar kept going out. Yeah. And so I am I relight the cigar, and I get about a eh, minute or two, and it plugs up just horribly again. And one of the things that I think you or somebody told me was, if you have one, just kind of very softly massage ro- it, massage yeah. it, yeah. rotate the cigar around in your fingers, just very, very softly kind of press on the cigar as you're rotating it around in your fingers. And then that way, you know, if, if the plug is there, maybe you can kind of like massage the plug open just a little bit and then you can burn past it and it'll be fine. Kind of like banging a catalytic converter with a mallet. I don't think you're supposed to do that but anyway so I'd, i'm not recommending that i think it's federally illegal so i tried that and i would I, never say i've done that I, so i tried i tried the massaging thing Car runs like a charm after i tried the massaging thing and it didn't it didn't help so then i went and got the tool one more time and i tried to relight it and i couldn't even get the thing lit at that point because it was it, it, I still couldn't draw on it. It yep. was just so plugged up. So I threw it away. Yeah. I mean, there was at least a solid two-thirds of that cigar left. And I, I said... God, I hate wasting a stick, And I though. said, screw it. And the worst part was it was their house blend. And, and I was looking forward to that one. But, you know, I it have... Happens. I Exactly. It happens. And I have... I did buy another couple of those cigars. And the other one that I had was just fine. So... Oh, good deal. You know, so I mean, it's... One of those things. Now, in terms of the question, he's asking, what do we do about a cigar that's just not hitting the spot? I'll smoke it. I'm not proud. I was going to say, I, if the cigar is smoking just fine and, you know, there's no, like, draw problems, no burn problems, it's just, all it is is just a, mal- or a, a matter of my palate. Yeah. I'll go ahead and smoke it. And, now, I will and, tell you. Now, and But what I'll be thinking the whole time is, okay, this is not hitting my palate. What will hit my palate What's so next? that the next cigar I have will satisfy whatever, you know, well, I, I, I've got going on. I've seen that at some of these uh, cigar festivals we've gone to. Because, I, you know, and, and Nick knows this, and we've talked about it on the cast before, but I collect the bands because I like to make art with them, although I haven't done it in forever. But I've got a lot of bands collected. Dude, so. I've got a ton of bands, too. Yeah. And... Uh, but I, walking around, you know, like picking up some bands on the table and stuff, I would notice a lot of cigars a third of the way smoked and just put out in the ashtrays drove me insane because I'm yeah. thinking, why in the world? You know, some of these were ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty dollars cigars. Exactly. And I'm thinking they got more more dollars than cents because you know I'm too cheap and I would never toss those out. So there you go. So yeah, I mean, realistically, a cigar either has to be extraordinarily bad. Or it just has to be just a horrific construction yeah. situation for me to, uh, to for me to toss it. I'll I'll smoke through whatever it is. It's fine. Well, that was a good Ask the Boys segment. Yeah. Please send your questions into us. We want them. Yes. So send your questions either through the Contact the Pulpit page on CigarPulpit.com or through direct message on Instagram. And we'll be sure to answer them on our Tuesday episodes. 
So, um, I have finished my cigar, the uh, first of the two cigars for the day, and it was a good smoke. It was. I would it say was very, I've, very light. I finished um, my Connecticut as well just now. Actually. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed so, it immensely, actually. Yeah, it was a good stick. Um, it it was, it was creamy with with some pepper. Yeah, you know, some spice notes and everything, and but it was a good mild stick. And the the burn was great. The construction was good. Um, sometimes I worry with the little guys like this that that maybe. Uh, you know, I'm I won't get it lit properly, and it'll burn weird or something like that. But yeah. that that one worked out fine. So so on to the next. On to the next. Where is my? Let me get mine out of the cellophane here. <laughs> we get to do this twice now, huh? But I, they they really get these little guys in there. I mean, you know. Okay, there we go. Okay, thank God. Anyway, well. <laughs> It's now time for us to go ahead and never gets old and cut the second cigar. And again, the official cutting of the cigar on the cigar pulpit is brought to you by Riverman Cigar Company out of Crestwood, Missouri. Dan the man. Make sure you get in touch with Dan. He's doing everything he can to keep his shop going. He's doing the curbside, he's doing the to go, and he's also doing mail order. So if you live in an area that you don't have a brick and mortar shop that is currently operational, or you live in an area that doesn't even have a brick and mortar shop, Make sure you give Dan a call. He'll be sure to put together a package of whatever kind of cigars you want, and he will ship them to you, and you'll get them, and they'll be great. And He'll he take good care of you. Something for everybody from $3 to $100. So make sure you get contact Riverman Cigar Company. He got the rare double ad this week. I, I know. Like well, that. you know, I mean, we're smoking two cigars. He gets the double ads. Gets so. two cuts. Anyway, so it is now time that we go ahead and cut the cigar. I have already snipped mine. Look at you. A little premature on your snipping over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. All right, so. I was working ahead on the test. Here, why don't we go ahead and give the notes on this cigar, actually. This is the Liga Undercrown Duro. So this is the, uh, once again, the, um, it's a it's a petite Corona. It's actually called the uh, Corona Paquina? Paquina? I think we've been saying Paquita, but it's... Paquita, Paquina. Paquina, Paquina. Paquina? Yeah. Somebody anyway, correct us. Send us it's a very send small... Send us a uh, message there. Very, very, very small Corona. It's a 4x44, and this cigar actually features a Mexi Mexican San Andreas Maduro wrapper, a Habano Connecticut binder, and a filler made up of Brazilian Montefina and Nicaraguan Habano tobacco interesting so we're talking whole different flavors potentially on yeah. this guy that's good good deal oh i just lit my cigar i wasn't even paying attention well it's funny i did the uh cold draw and the cold retro and i hate to say it it's so close to smoking the other cigar i got nothing okay yep so but i think that's just i've blown my palate out from having two cigars back to back so quickly well i guess we'll see so this one's definitely a maduro is that a little more to your liking? It's a little bit more to my palate here. Now, the little notes that I have about this cigar. It's a blend. This blend was apparently created by Drew Estate Rollers, who were upset that they were no longer allowed to smoke the Liga Privada due to a short supply. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So I guess uh, I guess this is the, the Rollers uh, uh, version of the Liga Necessity Privada. Necessity is the mother of invention? Exactly. So, eh, we'll see how this goes. No, Maduro's not my go-to. I like this. Yeah, it's um, there's a spiciness to the to mm -hmm. the flavor, and uh, yeah, there's a spiciness to it. I'm a little hesitant to try a retro, but I know <laughs> I'm gonna have. Oh, Jeff apparently just did. 
Ooh, man. <coughs> yeah. Yep. <coughs> yep, there's yep. the spiciness. Woo. Oh, my. Yep. Boy, that'll smack you right in the sinuses. Oh, my. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's uh, spicy. Mm. But, no, it's good, though. I, I like that. I'll be honest. This is more in my pallet wheelhouse than yeah. the, the, the Connecticut. No, I get that. Um, but they are they are two distinctly different cigars. Yes, very much so. This is not well. I mean, you know, just from just from me reading the uh, the components of it, you could tell. I mean, these were not. It's not like the the binder and and whatnot and the filler were the same. It's just a different wrapper on this. Yeah. This was this was two totally separate different cigars. So that's good. Definitely the right order to smoke these two in. Oh yeah, no, there was no way I was gonna start with this and then move into the Connecticut. Mm-hmm. That would have been that would have been a gigantic gigantic waste of time so well speaking of a waste of time it's now time for cigar reviews with larry the mute oh my god and uh larry comes to us today he uh once again had to dodge the national uh, national guard in order to uh <laughs> you know get out of his home and and uh make his way up here and everything coming so, to us from parts unknown exactly well yeah we got to keep him we got to keep him uh anonymous you know i mean he's, he's larry the mute so for the love of God. I mean, he's not making these these machine guys happy. I mean, you know, he's some of his reviews are less than scathing, less than complimentary. Yeah. So, anyway, so today Larry the Mute is going to be featuring a flavored cigar. He has the Dutch Masters Cigarellos Grape. <laughs> so, Larry, why don't you take? I smoked that. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, <laughs> of course you have. Larry. <laughs> I can give this review. Oh my god! Well, you know what? Why don't we let Larry give his review, and then you can counter his his points and kind of you know, say what you agree with and disagree with. So, Larry, why don't you take it away and give your review of the Dutch Masters Cigarellos Grape? Why does anyone listen to us? <laughs> I mean, seriously, what the actual f is wrong with you? I love the Larry the Mute segment so much. Oh my God. Anyway, so so do you how, agree how with has it? No one reported this. Do you agree with Larry's assessment? No, not completely. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You know, when I'm out goose hunting, I like a good flavored cigar now and then. Hey, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'll smoke a Pete Swisher. I'll smoke. I mean, you as, know, as we sit here recording this on uh, Jeff's back deck, there are three boxes <laughs> of Black and Milds sitting right here. So theoretically, we could break out the bra- uh, if this if this under smoke off if this undercrown Maduro actually smokes down quickly, we could very well end up in a situation where we're breaking out some Black and Milds. They're wood tips. <laughs> Well, that's good. I like a grape cigar now and then. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, thanks, Larry. We appreciate it. And uh, you can go back and uh, direct your correspondence to Nick at (laughs) cigarpulpit.com. I have nothing to do with this. I just want to point that out. You know, why why are you going to be like that? Sorry, Larry. Anyway, so. See you, brother. Well, it is now time for us to give away some cigars. Ooh, that's always the best part of the cast. Yep, it's the Martinez Cigars Weekly Giveaway. So this week we're going to be giving away another Martinez Cigars prize pack. And 
we uh, these are good sticks. They, people. They're they're fantastic sticks, and we really want to thank Martina Cigars for for sponsoring the giveaway and and uh, promoting their product to our listeners. So and mean, it's a win win for everybody. And full disclosure, they're blending up our house cigars right now. They are. They're working on uh, well. Once their blenders can get back to work, which should hopefully be very very soon. soon very you soon. You know they'll hopefully. be starting to work on uh, the the cigar pulpit blends and everything. So obviously we will keep you all fully apprised of that situation. Do you guys have any idea how jazzed we are about this? I would hope so. When I'll tell you this, when Dave from Martinez talked to Nick about the fact that they were going to actually make a box for us, like a box of cigars, I'm pretty sure Nick got sexually aroused. I mean, I I, yeah. I told you it moved a little. It was disturbing sitting here at the same <laughs> table with you. I'll tell you that right now. But anyway. More so than I wanted to know. So the way you get involved in our weekly giveaways is you have to go over to CigarPulpit.com and sign up for our e-newsletter. Now, at some point, we'll have another one. Well, you know, come on. <laughs> I was just about to explain. I did one in March. And, it was a good one. you know, we had some stuff going on. I didn't do one in April because, quite frankly... Corona and everything hit, yeah. and quite frankly, there's just been nothing going on. No, and that's that's a real concern yeah. everywhere, and, as far as journalism goes. And so because of that, you know, I didn't want to just put out an email full of just nothing. Corona. You know, I, I, yeah, I don't really want to talk about Corona, quite frankly. So Ugh. it's yeah, one I'm of the... It. I, I'm really over it. So it's one of those things that I didn't do a newsletter for April. I mean, if I would have had advertisers in it, yeah, I would have done a well, newsletter. I would have figured out a newsletter for April, but because you know they're paying for that spot. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put out a newsletter needlessly. Right now, this you know? is an essentially a free service of the Cigar Pulpit yes. Ministries. So anyway, so you just go over there, you sign up for the newsletter. Once you're on the newsletter list, you're entered to win every week. And as long as you stay on that newsletter list, you're entered to win. You drop off the list, well, you just took yourself Screw out of the room. Screw you. But this, week, on the list. this week's giveaway winner, all they have to do is reach out to me by the following Monday. So this episode will come out on Tuesday, Tuesday, April the 21st. So you have to get in touch with me by end of day on Monday, April 27th. All you got to do is shoot an email over to Nick at CigarPulpit.com, N-I-C-K, and you just put in the subject line, I'm the winner, and give me your mailing address, and we will get those cigars sent to you as soon as possible. And you so, want these sticks, people. Definitely. You really do. I think there's like five or six sticks at this yeah, price they're, pack. I mean, they're I, not chintzing on this. No, I can't recall exactly how many, but it's it's you're getting a good number of cigars. Yeah. So Anyway, so this week's winner is Donald Ushman. Donald Ushman. Look Donald, at you, brother. Donald Ushman. So, Donald, you have until Monday to send me that email saying that you're the winner and with your mailing address. So that's our winner for this week. Well, good stuff. Yeah. So what are you getting on the cigar there, Jeff? It's spicy. Like I said, I did that retro hail, and yeah, you could really taste it on that. Yeah. But this is this is a much heavier, um, you know, more, what is it? I'd, I'd say it's full body. I don't know if it actually is, but to me it is. Um, It's, it, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say yep. that this is much more of a full-bodied cigar than that. Definitely versus that Connecticut. Undercrown Maduro. What I like about these, I'm not normally one for little little guys like this. Mm -hmm. But what I like about these is it doesn't take a whole long time to smoke them. No. And so these would be really good cigars to have for, 
if you're going to take the dog for a walk or if you've only got maybe like a half an hour lunch break or something like that and you wanted to you wanted to get in a cigar or something yeah you know these would be these would be ideal for some some a lot shorter smoke short period of time like that yeah absolutely but my burn line is really good you know the ash holds on really well too that was the other thing i was wondering is they're well constructed little guys how the ash would hold on such a little cigar like this but yep you know, the ash is holding really well, and it's kicking off a ton of smoke. Yeah, it really is. It's not very windy tonight out on the uh, deck. No, thank God. So, yeah, we're not having to contend with that. Mm-hmm. So when we were out shooting yesterday with my friends uh, Chris and Andy, their brothers from uh, Willisville, Illinois, is where they grew up. Okay. And we were regaling ourselves with some stories, you know, the, the, <laughs> the wonder years, so to speak, uh-huh. you know, the glory days. And uh, they reminded me of a time when someone put mustard on my windshield. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They told me about the mustard mobile. Yeah. They, my, my parents' car got nicknamed the mustard mobile after that. I was not amused. So, so why don't you as explain, a 16-year-old. explain that story? So, okay. So we were all over at my friend Chris Rickenberg's house. And, you know, we're having a bonfire and we're having a good time. And we're roasting weenies and marshmallows and, you know, hitting on girls and, you know, the drill. And it finally came time. I was ready to leave, and I was giving a friend of mine um, a ride home. A girl, yeah, but not not a girlfriend, girl just friend, a friend that was just a girl. A friend who was. So a I was girl. just giving her a ride home, and we get in the car, and some jackass. I'm pretty sure it was Ronnie Coleman, by the way, who is now, um, I think, the uh, athletic director down at Trico High School. Oh, so there you thanks, go. Ronnie. Uh, but Ronnie put mustard on my windshield wipers now. Not only did he do that, but he got in my car and turned them on. So when I turned the car on, <laughs> it smeared mustard all across my windshield. Oh, my God. I, I love it. I honestly would have committed homicide that night. I was so pissed. I don't get that mad that often. But <laughs> That's Oh, awesome. my God. I was lit up. So I throw the car. I get pissed off. Clean off the windshield enough where I can see out of it to drive. Throw the car in reverse, and I back into Chris's dad's tractor. <laughs> and then apparently, as the way the story goes, got angry and yelled at your female friend. No, she she started freaking out, and like I yelled at her, said if she didn't want to ride with me, to get out. So yeah, it was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it went south quick. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but well, uh, well, but telling that story actually reminded me of a prank that I can tell all of you to do to one of your friends if you're bored with Corona right now. Oh, God. So if I know this one. If you're bored and you feel like just, you know, pranking one of your friends and you got some spare time. And some Oreo cookies. You want to get a pack of Oreo cookies, all right? And you want to sneak over to said friend's place where you can access their vehicle. And what you want to do is you want to open up those Oreo cookies and you want to twist them and you want to just cover their windshield with Oreo cookies with the cream side down on the glass. Okay? So horrible. Just cover the windshield with the cookies. Now, the inevitable thing that will happen is they will get in their car and they will, they will see these cookies. And maybe not everybody. Some people will actually physically take them off. Most won't. But most will just probably think to get in their car and hit the windshield wipers. If they hit the windshield wipers and they use the windshield wiper fluid, you know, to, to you know, get them wet and to just wipe them off real quick with the windshield wipers, 
The combination of that windshield wiper fluid and that Oreo cookie cream creates like a glue. Oh. And let me tell you, man, it's a bitch to get off your windshield. Have you done this to someone? I have not done it to somebody. Have I have done seen, to you? I have not had it done to me, but I did see somebody do it to someone else. <laughs> and it worked. And it's hilarious. <laughs> oh let me tell you, it's hilarious. Yeah, Adam Die. We did it. it we, there was a group of us when I worked at the movie theater in high school. We would always prank Adam Die because he drove this like super ancient, like giant, like Bronco <laughs> with like giant tires. And he was like a little dinky dude. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was maybe like five foot nine, you know, 100 pounds soaking wet. He was a little guy, but he drove this blue. So you're this, essentially picking on the two headed chicken oh, in the no, coop. Oh, no, dude. He was a cool guy. We, we picked on him just because. But he was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was That's so shitty. He he drove this like powder blue Bronco with like the f- the wood paneling on the sides, and but with these giant tires. I mean, he had the step stool to get up in. I mean, it was it was a thing, right? Yeah. And so the one time we did that to him, and then the other time that was hilarious. And somewhere out there, there is a video. There's a home movie that we made where we documented this prank. And <laughs> that's horrible. We took a ratchet scent and we went out and we removed his passenger seat from the car. <laughs> we like why? We straight up just took it out. Like, why just, did you do that? <laughs> it was hilarious, man. We went out there and we took it out. And he was working, obviously. I mean, you know, he's working that day. And so what happened was my job was to distract him when they were bringing the car seat in from out in the parking lot and to take it up to the projection booth. And so I told him, hey, you know, you got to go clean theater number four or something like that. And so he went and did that. And then while he was doing that, you know, I gave the high sign and and like three guys came walking through the lobby holding this passenger seat of this car and they took it upstairs in the projection booth. So hours go by until his shift is over, right? Mm -hmm. Finally, his shift ends. He goes, you know, out to his car to leave. And we're all watching from the box office window in the front of the theater. And he gets out to his car. (laughs) And we see him get up into it. And then the door opens and he gets out and he walks around to the passenger side. And we don't see what's going on over there. I'm laughing so hard. I haven't thought about this in years. And uh, so he gets out, goes around to the passenger side, and then comes stomping back up to the theater. And he's smiling real big and everything. He's like, he's kind of laughing. He wants to laugh. He's like, all right, guys. Where, where's my car seat? <laughs> and we're like, I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, my passenger seat. And we're like, your passenger seat's gone? And he's like, quit screwing with me. <laughs> Who's got the seat? And we're like, I don't know, man. You might want to just look around. So we made him hunt all over the building God. to find this thing. Now, what I didn't know exactly where it went. I knew it went up to the projection booth. What I did not know is that those guys had not only taken it up to the projection booth, one of them climbed the ladder to go out the hatch to go out to the top of the on the roof of the building. Oh no! And they had, and then another one got into the middle of the ladder, and so the one guy passed it up to the guy in the middle. The guy in the middle managed to hang on to it just enough so that the guy at the very top could grab it and drag it up onto the roof of the building. <laughs> so this guy's so this guy's passenger seat is sitting up on the roof of the theater. Along the highway, in the like interstate highway. So on that day, when you were passing on 64 and you passed the Fairview Heights movie theater, yeah, right on the edge of the building, they had the little sign, 
you know, with the name of the theater there, and right on the edge of the of the le- the ledge of the roof, that's where his passenger seat was sitting, just up on the building, <laughs> and. It's just the shittiest thing. I've ever <laughs> he, he searched around for over an hour until finally somebody comes in. He overheard somebody come in telling one of the he empl- searched until he hung himself. <laughs> no, he overheard a guy <laughs> that came in and was telling the guy working the ticket taker box in the lobby, "Hey, you know, there's a seat up on your roof." And he was like, what? So he ran up there and he climbed the ladder and he went up and he found his his seat. Then the other problem became, how do we reattach this seat? It was really easy for for those guys to take the seat out. But let me tell you, putting the seat back in, that probably took a solid two hours. (laughs) So this this poor bastard gets off work at like six o'clock and he's up at the theater until like 10 o'clock at night. You know, waiting for everybody to, first of all, find a seat, and then waiting for everybody to install his seat. And just to recap, this is a story you're proud of. Oh, dude, it was <laughs> the funniest thing. Like I said, I didn't take it out. I just, all I had to do was distract him and laugh. But, oh, it was so oh funny. God. It was so, so funny. Oh. oh, come on. They all had it coming. There was the one time they parked so close to my car, like so incredibly close to my car on both sides, yeah. that I had the only way for me to get into my car was to pop the trunk, push down the back seats, climb through the hole from the trunk into the back seat, and then scale up into the front seat so that then I could put my car into reverse well, to back funny. out. That happened once. That's funny. I mean, <laughs> we were always jacking with everybody's cars. It was funny. That all ended the day that somebody put a broom in the hole. So, like, when you're looking at your wheel and you've got your, your hubcap, you know, it's got the little, it's got holes, Yeah, you know. So somebody put a, a broom handle through one of those holes, <laughs> and so this guy, he backs oh, out, no. and what he does, it snapped the broom handle, and, you know, that, that obviously caused him to, to stop the car and, and, uh, and potential you know, damage. whatever, and that was the whole thing, was yeah. that's when it was pointed out that theoretically, and again, I, I was just sitting and working the ticket, or the uh, box office at that day, so I watched it happen, I didn't have anything to do with this one, but... That was the one when it was pointed out, you know, that probably could have snapped his brake line or something mm-hmm. like that. So you probably didn't want to do that. So that's when we kind of stopped dicking with everybody's cars. Fair enough. Nobody died. Nobody died. Nobody died. Close. But it was nobody f- died. Not close. It wasn't close. Ish. Mm. My favorite one that I ever did. It was a lot of fun. I may have talked about this on the podcast before, but... Well, let me ask you this before I go into that story. What are you getting on your uh, stick there? Well, I need to relight because I just told that story and this Uh thing went out. That's the one thing. It is a small stick, so... I've already debanded mine. I'm down to the... I'm down at least halfway. I'm not that far. It did go out on me. Yeah, the pepper and flavor is definitely building. Yeah, I'm getting pepper really from it. Pepper and spice. Yep. So... So, uh, okay, so... Another story that came up yesterday, and uh, oh, actually, it made me think of it. We were, we were talking about lots of different, you know, goofy things that happened back when we were in high school. And we all went camping one night, and we took a few guys with us that weren't normally, you know, they they weren't part of our normal circle of campout guys. And it's apropos tonight because we got the bonfire going over here. Uh huh. Um, 
So one of the guys, you know, everybody brought food. And that was one of the big things we did when we camped out is we'd just sit around the campfire and we'd make food. And we'd make stuff all night. We'd bring... Is this the spam story? No, but I'll, I'll t- I think I've told that You've told the spam yeah, story. I've told the spam yeah. story. But no, this one, my friend Ronnie Coleman, again, I referenced him earlier. Yeah. He came out camping with us that night, and I think he brought like one sandwich with him. And by five thirty six o'clock in the you know in the afternoon, he was out of food, <laughs> and we're all sitting there just scarfing everything, and he is just starving to death, and he's begging everybody for bites of their food and this and that. And I mean, we you know that was we were all used to doing it, so we you know had a plethora of things we brought with us. Yeah. Well, nobody'd share with him because we were just being dicks. Yeah. And finally, I thought you know. I'm going to have a little fun with old Ronnie. And this was about 1030 at night. And he is literally ready to gnaw his own arm off. I mean, he's ready to go out and scavenge like wild plants at this point. Because <laughs> it's like naked and afraid, you know, day 14 for a normal survivalist. And, you know, Ronnie's like five hours in. Okay. So I, I have an apple. And I think, you know, I also have a cherry bomb. Oh, no. Back in the day when you could get cherry bombs. And it was a real cherry bomb. It wasn't, uh, you know, like a little smaller M70 or M80 or whatever. It was an actual cherry bomb. And uh, essentially a quarter stick of dynamite, which why they ever let kids play with those, I'll never understand. But I had them and I loved them. So I core this apple out and I stick that cherry bomb down in the apple where I took the core, the top of the core out. So the wick coming out of it looks like the stem of the apple. Okay. And I walk over and I sit down at the fire and I pull this apple just casually out of my pocket. You know, I'm wearing my M65 field jacket and, you know, big pockets and I had stuff stashed in them. So, it, you know, nobody thought anything of it. I pull this apple out and I take a bite of it and I go, ah, uh, you know, I'm really not that hungry. And I toss it into the fire as Ronnie is screaming, I'll eat it, I'll oh, eat it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now, mind you. Part of the group had already bedded down for the night in the tents and whatnot. <laughs> but there's still like three or four of us sitting around this campfire. And then the cherry bomb core. <laughs> Ronnie reaches down. And thank God he didn't get it because it would have blown his hand off. Oh my God. <laughs> I, it, was, it was kind of at this point that I realized that when you compress that cherry bomb, yeah. you increase the counter explosion. Oh, my God. So he sees the wick sizzle. He looks around. <laughs> he realizes what is about to happen. <laughs> and luckily luckily for him, we were camping Corona. by a creek bank. Oh, no. And he literally jumped into the creek. Like, just dove over the bank. Yeah. Now, the other, <laughs> the other people sitting around the fire... Did not realize <laughs> what was going you had just on. done. <coughs> oh, I got Corona. This thing <laughs> went off like an IED. Oh my god! And <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't hurt anybody. Him <laughs> <am> too, <laughs> because this thing shot hot coals <laughs> in about a 12 foot radius. <laughs> The, oh the couple of guys that were sitting on the logs around the campfire, it blew them backwards. And they're laying on the ground on their backs. <laughs> and there are just hot coals everywhere. I said, I said, everybody shit on fire. We were running around. Oh my God. We were running around, stomping out fires. I melted, like, through. My friend, oh my, God. 
Oh, my friend uh, Joel Boswell, who <laughs> later became a YouTube pilot, I burned <laughs> holes in his like his like uh, satchel that he had for you know basketball, his like leather, oh my you know, God. leather carry bag or whatever. Burned holes through that. I mean, I set everything. On fire. Oh my God! <laughs> it's a wonder I had killed. Someone. Oh my God! <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, that's not Corona. That's just me laughing oh and coughing. Oh, my God. Um, oh, was, my God. And it was... No, you didn't tell that story yesterday. I am, I am likely downplaying this. Oh, Because it was unbelievable how much power that little cherry bomb <laughs> Well, yeah, but the problem is you exploded a cherry bomb within a bonfire <laughs> that was already going. So it's not so much the bonfire, the cherry bomb that was the issue. Oh no! It was the sh- the flaming hot shrapnel <laughs> that spread out from it. Oh my god, that is so funny! It was probably one of the worst things I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, if if Ronnie had picked that thing up, it would have blown his hand off. Yes, it would have. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'd have felt bad for a couple of days over that. <laughs> oh my god i uh i'm losing it here guys oh i oh my god uh, oh that was good. good that was good time this is good i'm i'm i mean smoking a maduro while i'm doing this is not exactly ideal because oh, oh my god, eyes I'm are watering hacking up a freaking lung but holy cow, that's hilarious. That was, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Everybody was kind of pissed. Yeah, I can imagine. Everybody was pissed. You just lit all their shit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'd forgot about that. Oh. So did you guys all camp the rest of the night? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> all, your, all your shit. <laughs> we're still mad the next day. shit's burnt and gone and you guys are still camping we got all the fires out eventually oh my god oh my god yeah it was horrible oh my god (laughs) i'm literally uh, tearing up oh Oh. i gotta collect myself yeah that could have went really bad really fast oh my god much worse than it was actually oh my god So our show is sponsored by MyMonthlyCigars.com. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service where you can have boxes of cigars sent to your home on a monthly basis. They offer a variety of size boxes. We get the Robusto box, which is four cigars for $30. They also offer the Presidente box, which is eight cigars for $50. And um, they have an MSRP guarantee which states that the value of the cigars within the box is guaranteed to meet or exceed the the, uh, price of the box. So, like, for this month, I think it's like a $42 box for April that costs $30. So, you know, you're you're getting about a $12 value on top of it there. But if you do the Presidente box, you know, it's an $84 value for $50. So, you know, it's over a $30 value there. So, it's one of those things. If you want to spend a little more, you can... Yeah, save a little more, and then you get twice as many sticks because it's two cigars of ever or two of each of the cigars in the robusto box. 
So it's a good one for you to smoke along with like your dad or your brother or a friend or something like that. Or hoard them or as hoard. I do. Or hoard them, yeah. yes. And so I need if, all the cigars. If you head on over to MyMonthlyCigars.com and sign up today, use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, and that gets you free shipping on your first order, or it gets you 20% off any of the items in their online store because they have a variety of things in their store, including cigars and accessories and that sort of thing. And um, I think the uh, time period to sign up for the May box would have uh, ended on April 15th, but if you go ahead and sign up now, you're in the pipeline and you're all ready for that June box, and you know, you'll be you'll be hitting the ground running and going from there. So that's uh, MyMonthlyCigars.com. <laughs> You really did that straight after all that, dude. Yes. I'm not gonna lie. I I I had to move on because we. I, <laughs> my brain was just processing you and your friends just stomping out their flaming backpacks and you know, uh, uh, duh, oh God. It's a wonder we hadn't caught the woods on fire. That's what I'm saying. I'm thinking of thinking to myself. I'm like, Smokey Bear would not be amused. Oh no, this. Smokey was pissed. Oh my God, that's hilarious. That fire killed his mom. I know. Yeah. That's why he's so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Your friend Ronnie jumping in the creek was the only smart one of you. What did you do? You were right there. Did I you just, just catch? Took, I just took it. <laughs> you, just, I... you, just, you just took flaming hot charcoal and apple chunks, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Because I had no idea what I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. It was one of those shock and awe kind of moments. It's like oh. Uncle Lewis after he burned the tree down and didn't know what he'd done. I have to collect myself. Oh, I, God. I, just, I, I thought that my monthly ad would help collect <laughs> me, but it didn't. It didn't. I'm, I'm just, I got to put myself back together here. So. Oh, God. Yeah. That, that could have gone really bad. Golly. Yeah, and you're giving me grief about stealing a kid's freaking passenger seat and putting it on the roof of a movie theater. You nearly killed, like, however many kids. All my friends. You may have nearly burnt the woods down and killed all your friends in a fire. And yourself in a fire. Yeah, if my parents, back in the day, if they'd had any idea what went on with us. And we were all good kids, too. But God, we were stupid. Getting back to that, your friend Chris is talking about your stick fights (laughs) and and everything that went on with that. I don't know how in the hell his parents didn't know what was going on. We, there was one night we took our three-wheelers and we turned all the lights off and we decided to joust. Yeah. (laughs) We're driving around a pasture with these big, like, eight-foot long dead tree limbs that we found. And we're jousting each other like with the head- medieval times. But we took the headlight, turned the headlights off. Freaking three wheelers with giant <laughs> sticks. All you knew, all you knew, <laughs> is that you could hear someone coming. Oh no! <laughs> you couldn't even see. No, the other we person. turned the lights out. It was dark as midnight. Oh my god! It w- oh yeah, we did some dumb stuff. Yeah, and what happened to Chris on that? Well, okay, so with the jousting, we actually, I think we finally wised up and thought, you know, this isn't very <laughs> smart. But, uh, yeah, they were doing a stick fight, and they were swinging the sticks at each other like swords. And when I say sticks, I mean, like, ten-foot-long tree limbs. Oh, God. And Chris took one to the hand. Oh, no. He was the one and only person that ever ended up in the emergency room for one of our (laughs) campouts. We had people go home mad once in a while, but nobody ever went to the (laughs) hospital. Nobody went to the hospital except Chris. Except Chris. Well, yeah, because he, what, dislocated his finger when that stick hit, right? Oh, yeah, it looked horrible. Oh, my God. And we offered to pop it back in for him. He wouldn't let us. 
have any part of that. Yeah, I can imagine why not. Yeah, he was he was not amused. And what was this about an ice fight? Oh, <laughs> we'd had an ice fight earlier in the day. This so was the same day he took the stick. Yeah, and we were throwing little chunks of ice. Why? Well, I apparently picked up too big a piece of ice. <laughs> yeah, so he's describing this, that he gets hit between the eyes with this giant chunk of ice. So it cut him, so he's got blood running down his face and everything. And now his fingers dislodged. And then he goes home. So he goes home to his mother. They came and got him. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, he called. They, his dad actually came because he couldn't drive. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he had to get a ride from his parents <laughs> with a giant gash in his forehead and a dislocated finger. <laughs> how in the hell did it's he explain funny. How in the hell did he explain that? He made up some story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my he actually God. said it yesterday and I can't remember what Oh, he said you were playing hockey. Yes, he That's said we were playing hockey. You got blamed because you were playing hockey. How were we playing hockey in the middle of the night in a field? But whatever. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. He said he was playing hockey. He said you were playing hockey. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Those were days. (laughs) Those were days. Oh, Oh my God. Well, if anybody's made it through all this and actually listened, what? uh, how do they reach out to us on the socials there, We're available on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit as well as at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and CigarPulpit.com. Now, we are not live streaming this episode um, on YouTube, mostly because we got going recording so late that it quickly turned dark. And yeah. it really wasn't feasible for us to uh, go ahead and do that. And, uh, you know, it's fine. We, we'll... And we've had a lot of breaks and gaps. And, yeah, this, yeah, this so. one this one has kind of, this is going to be an editing nightmare for me. So yeah. it's okay. I'll put it together, but. Good times. Yeah, so, well, guys, we really do appreciate you listening to us. This, you know, we're all going through this Corona thing. You know, the COVID nineteen, whatever the hell we're calling it today. But uh, you know, and I hear people say we're all in it together. That's kind of BS. We're not all in it together. Everybody's got their own issues and their own problems, and we just appreciate you listening in. And I hope we give you a little break from uh, what's going on in the world. That's exactly it. That's the whole point. I mean, I keep telling Jeff we got to keep going. Because people need entertainment. They need something to break it up. True that. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you guys are half as amused as I was about the uh, the, the random stories tonight, then uh, you're going to, you know, this this should have brought some entertainment. So, oh, it Lord. Was... I need to get a phone number. Like, I need to get, like, a separate phone line or something for the cigar pulpit. Yeah. So that I can put out a phone number so that people can leave voicemails. That I can take the audio of those voicemails That's and drop them in. That's a great idea. And then that way we can actually hear it. So, Because like, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, every single listener of this show has some stupid story oh, yeah. that they're just tickled pink about that they would love to, that they'd love to share. And I would love to be able to get those and collect them up. So I don't know. I'll have to look into that. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. See what that would run me. Yeah, I truly do. Well, as we finish up here um, on your uh, Underground Maduro. Yes, the Liga Underground Maduro from Drew Estates. It's, uh, what are your thoughts there? I like it. It's It's got some pepper to it. It's It's got a really good draw. It's a really good solid burn line. I've had to relight it a couple times, but that's just because it's a smaller cigar. And I'm talking a lot, and so it's it just kind of keeps going out. But all in all, I mean... 
I have nothing bad to say about this, or honestly, the Connecticut that we smoked earlier. The Connecticut was really Both good great as well. sticks. Um, and different. I, I mean, thought, completely yeah, different. Completely different. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to prefer the Maduro one of the two, but... And I tend to lean towards the uh, first. And so there you go. That's, that's I guess, why they make the two. Exactly. Right. Well, and everybody's palate's different. Everybody mm-hmm. enjoys a different smoke. And quite frankly, I enjoy a different smoke at different times of the day, and I think these are both two that I would love to put in the rotation. Yeah. I'm happy we did the two of them together. Yeah, I am too, actually. Yeah. I was yeah. kind of questioning that at first, but yeah, this worked out really well. Yeah. Well, guys, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you very much. Tell your friends. Help us spread the word. Obviously, we can't advertise anywhere, so the only way that this keeps going is by word of mouth. So, you know, tell your friends. They've got lots of time sitting around that they can be catching up or listening, so we would appreciate any help we can get with that. And otherwise, unless you have anything else for the cause... I'm good to go, baby. This has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Gator. Stay safe and stay smoky.